If you could have anything in life, what would it be? Would it be a better body, more money, a deeper love relationship? What is it that would absolutely rock your world? David Essel in the box with you. You know, every Saturday we bring you information. We answer your questions and the hottest guests so that you can do exactly that. Become more alive in life and get what you want. I'm so happy that you're with us. one 800 548 talk. Listen, if you have a question on your mind right now, we're going to open the lines. I'll be talking about what you've sent in regarding your text, your emails, and et cetera. But if you want to talk to me, if you want to get a free coaching session right now, if you're on the fence in life, you're not quite sure what to do with a relationship or an addiction, or you can't lose the weight you want to lose, or maybe there's something going down with your money. You're saying, why can't I make more? What do I need to do? to increase my income? What do I need to do with this relationship at work? Or maybe you're in an affair and you say, I can't make a decision. Do I go back to my partner? Do I go to my my uh, my new lover? What do I do? Maybe there's some kind of issue with your children. You're struggling with parenting skills. Call us, 1-800-548-8255. For the past 20 plus years, 22 years now, we have been America's positive radio talk show, and we're damn proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. Of course, you're listening to us on XM246, and we stream worldwide for our friends that do not yet have XM Radio at talkdavid.com. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, we broadcast out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. And we're ready to rock. We've got a very, very cool show. In a couple minutes, I'm going to be telling you. And yes, we do basically feel like crap. So what do we want to do? Number one, write down your love life. Like what specifically? When someone says to me, you know, I just want to be comfortable. I just want to make more money and be comfortable. That is a waste of time. I just want to lose weight and feel healthy. That is a waste of time. I really would just love a great relationship. That's a waste of time. Why do I say that? Because none of those are specific enough. So write down what you want. Create daily steps, number two. The second step is to create daily steps of what you're going to do every day to achieve that goal. This is crucial. So many people never do this. And then number three, find someone or hire someone to hold you accountable to your goals. Find someone or hire someone to hold you accountable to your goals. Those are the three key steps to take to break through procrastination, get off the fence in life, and get what you want. I mean, I say this. I've been saying this for 30 years. Whatever you desire, you deserve, as long as it's healthy and it doesn't hurt someone else, right? Is Whatever you desire, you deserve. So if you desire to live in a certain area of the country or to have a partner that uh, treats you with respect and love or if you desire a killer body, then you deserve it. Now it's just a matter of are you going to do what it takes. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Your free coaching session on the air. Cost you nothing. Absolutely free. Helping you with your goals to accomplish what you want out of life. So here's uh, our first one. How do I tell my boyfriend that he kisses too aggressively? Within 30 seconds, he goes from soft to hard kisses. Question mark. Number one, slow him down. Number two, positively reinforce what he does well. I, I Just the other day in a session, I was working with this young lady who's in a relationship, a fairly young relationship, six months now. And she had this whole question about sex, that the boyfriend that she's with right now just goes to town, that he'll kiss for three or four seconds, and then he's ripping clothes off his own, hers, whatever, and she's saying, what the heck do I do? So number one is you positively reinforce. So you never start out talking to your partner about what they do wrong or incorrectly or inadequately. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. 
Why is that? Because now they're on the defensive, right? So we go, you know, when you kiss me, you kiss too hard, too quick. So immediately the guy's sitting there going, God, she hates the way I kiss. And instead, if we said in the, in, in, in regards to the woman that texted us, within 30 seconds, he goes from soft to hard. So how do we reinforce that? We say, you know what? In the first 30 seconds that you kiss me every day, it's perfect. That's how we approach someone like this. In the first 30 seconds that you're kissing me, oh, my Lord, I am swept off my feet. And so you reinforce the positive. After that, I'm going to ask you to slow down. Because, honey, I love it. I want it to linger. I want our lips to linger. I want our tongues to play. I want it to go for more than 30 seconds, baby, because the first 30 seconds you're knocking me off my feet. Let's make that go for two or three or four or five minutes. Listen, any guy that you can teach to do this is going to be 10 times more excited three minutes from now than he ever thought he could be or six minutes, or 12 minutes, or whatever you can get them up to, right? So number one, positive reinforcement. Number two is that you then, next, after you tell them what you want, the first 30 seconds is perfect, you're you're a rock star and kissing me for the first 30 seconds, then the very next thing is you say, this is what I want. I want to extend that to three or four minutes, right? And then the next step is to show him exactly what you like about his kiss. So you'd say, okay, so let me show you what I love about the way you kiss me. When you kiss me like this and show him. When you use your tongue like that, show him, right? Show him, show him, show him. You will have an amazing, amazing end result. I guarantee it. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Oh, there's so many. They're coming in. B12 for energy. Does it really work? Yes, but it must be the sublingual. It's got to be the kind you put underneath your tongue. It can't be, or it could be a shot, like a B12 shot from your doctor. Those work too. But most people will tell you that B12 that you swallow is usually destroyed somewhere in the gut, the stomach, or the intestines, and it's not able to get into the bloodstream. But those that you put underneath your tongue... They can really work. 1-800-548-8255. Your questions on love, life, relationships, money, whatever's on your mind. Visit us at talkdavid.com. All kinds of free information at talkdavid.com. So much more to come. Glad that you're with us. You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show, David Essel Live. I'm David Essel. Stay there. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel Live. Welcome aboard our toll-free number. If you want to rock with me, talk about what's going on in your world, 1-800-548-TALK. Positive talk radio at its finest, 1-800-548-TALK. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Uh, we love to answer your questions. You can text us right now, 941 941 Two six six seven six seven six, and we're going to get to as many of these uh, these questions as we can. My husband just asked for a divorce after ten years of marriage. 
his reason that we stopped having sex two years ago. Sounds like a damn good reason to me. I listened to your show last week and realized I did shut down due to resentments. What to do? Oh, my God. Well, the very first thing to do is talk to your husband honestly about this and say, hey, listen, you know, I know you filed for divorce. I am going to talk to you about the resentments I have. And can we get into counseling? If you're the one to shut down, of course, there's always a responsibility, sometimes an equal responsibility, sometimes not. But there's always a responsibility between a couple in a marriage as for the dysfunction or the decline of the marriage. But if you um, know that you're the one that shut down and you have resentment, you got to tell your husband that. you got to share it with them. Like ASAP, number one. Number two, there aren't many couples that are strong enough in communication that can overcome something like this. Two years of no sex, divorce papers filed, and then we're going to try to overcome it on our own. It doesn't happen very often. So my advice is get someone to work with. We do this work. We've been mediating, helping people save marriages for 23 years. Check us out at talkdavid.com or find someone else, but don't try to do it on your own. Trust me. The odds are incredibly against you. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. There's so my Oh, here, here's one about a college. My parents want me to... Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. My parents want me to go to college for... An education in finance and management so I can get a secure job. I want to become an entrepreneur, which really scares them. What direction should I go? Now, at first, this seems like two totally opposite directions. And, of course, to this family it does, but it's not at all. In most entrepreneurial uh, schools with entrepreneurial studies... Um, every one, my, my guesstimation is, is that finance and management are two of the keys that you're going to have to go through and take as coursework or internships to get your degree. So if you go to a school where entrepreneurial studies is a major focus, you're going to have to take courses on finance and management. If you take a finance and management degree, you will not get the extracurricular work of the entrepreneurial studies. So if I was you, I would explain to my mom and dad, mom, dad, don't worry, finance and management are going to be covered in the degree that I'm going after and show them the curriculum so that they can be relaxed, understand you're making the right move, and move forward with you. I think it's, you know, there's so many people that we have spoken to. I have not gone through any courses for entrepreneurial studies. Uh, They weren't available when I was in school in the dinosaur age. But now they are, and everyone I've talked to that has gone through them is absolutely in love with what they've learned. So good rock and roll, entrepreneurial studies. Got to love it. 1-800-548-8255. Weight loss is next. I have lost the same 30 pounds 100 times. Right now, I am one, I am 30 pounds overweight. Last year, right now, I was 30 pounds lighter. What could be the cause of this? Well, there's multiple causes. I'm going to tell you right now that throw out genetics, and I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, number one, emotional eating. When we see people that are vacillating, fluctuating on the roller coaster of weight loss, 
year after year after year, more often than not, there's emotional eating coming down with that, which means that when we get stressed, now stress can come in many, many, many ways. Stress can be excitement. Stress can be boredom. Stress can be uh, bad news, challenges in life, right? But a lot of people who see their weight fluctuate up and down, they're emotional eaters. So I would want, number one, do some research, get some help in regards to emotional eating. Number two, many people that have the problem with weight have a tendency to have belief systems that they're not worthy, that they're not worthy of um, having the body that they want. They're not worthy of being successful in life. They're not worthy of being consistently at a certain weight. So there's a lot of belief systems you may have to work through. And then the last area is utilizing unrealistic diets. So some people will say, well, I'm just going to eat one meal a day. Now, that might work for a small percentage of the population, but probably not for the majority of people who struggle with weight. It could actually sabotage your weight loss success. Uh, other people will, will do calorie counting, and that may or may not work because it's often not the amount of calories that people struggle with. It's the type of calories so when we're eating a lot of carbohydrates, which comes in the form of sugar and breads and pastas and crackers and fast foods and ice cream and wine and all this other kind of stuff, we have a tendency to have insulin released consistently in the blood, which retains fat stores and also encourages the body to continue to produce more fat stores. So you have all kinds of problems going down there. I would say take a look at those three areas, emotional eating, belief systems, and unrealistic diets. Get some help. I, I'm going to say that to everyone. We can give you the start here on the show of how to make some changes, but you've really got to get some help. 1-800, if you have a question, you have a thought, you have a comment, you need some help and you're ready to go to the next level. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. We look forward to talking to you and helping you move past whatever it is you're challenged by. Uh, more, oh my God, these things keep coming in. I'm loving it. An 18 year old basketball player, uh, his dad, he said, my dad asked me to listen to you. I have a chance to play in division two in college, which is great. Division one, of course, is the, are the biggest schools in the nation. Division two are medium sized. Divisions three are the smaller schools. So D two is awesome. Uh, I have one season in high school left. I play great. Then under pressure, rush things. So this is called performance anxiety, how to change. You know what I love about this question is that my work in the world of counseling started out in sports psychology. I worked with athletes for a number of years. Basketball was my sport. Basketball and tennis players were the people I worked with the most. So basketball is, is my, game, my game here. Listen, number one, put yourself in that situation regularly under pressure. I've had athletes, basketball players I've worked with that I'll say in the summer leagues, in recreational leagues before your school year starts, miss the first, if you, if, if there's free, if you're shooting free throws, if it's an official games where you're doing free throws, miss the first one on perfect, per, purpose to put yourself into that pressure situation. And a lot of people disagree with me, but I, I really don't care. I love trying to work under pressure and have the athletes I work with put themselves in a pressure situation. So miss the first one. Put all the pressure in the world on yourself to make the second one. Number one. Number two. Play with guys better than you so that you're under consistent pressure to perform at a higher level. And number three, I'm not even going to tell you you need to practice eight hours a day or however much time you have because that should be taken for granted. But number three, visualize with emotion. 
see yourself at that free throw line making both shots. See yourself under pressure handling the ball, bringing it up to court. See yourself in the pressure situations doing exceptionally well with emotion. Use visualization. And if you go to YouTube and in the search box put David Essel slash visualization, you'll see we have three or four videos on visualization that you can watch to get a better idea of what that technique is, how to use it, how to move forward in your sport. And I'm so glad that you emailed us. Good luck with your basketball season. And make sure you follow what we gave to you because this is what the pros, this is what the elite athletes do on a regular basis, play at a higher level, visualize, and put themselves under pressure constantly. You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Coming up next, John Gray, Mentor from Mars, Women from Venus, with a brand-new book, Work With Me. John's going to be up next. David Essel, TalkDavid.com. Stay there. Don't you worry, don't you worry, child. She has got a plan for you. Don't you worry, don't you worry now. You're tuned into David Essel Live, America's positive radio talk show, celebrating 22 years on the air. Welcome aboard, gang. 1-800-548-8255, broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. And, of course, you're listening to us on XM246, streaming worldwide at TalkDavid.com. Coming up in just a minute. John Gray, of course, best-selling relationship expert of all time with his book, Men Are From Mars, Women From Venus, with a brand-new book out about helping men and women work together, entitled Work With Me. We'll be with, with John in just a second. Don't forget, also, you can like us on Facebook to find out who's on, who's next, what's going on with the radio show. That's David Essel Live on Facebook. Just go there, like the page. That'll be fantastic. And remember, you can always text us during the show, 941-266-7676. Of course, John Gray, synonymous with men and women, has been for years. You've seen him on Oprah, Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, the author of 17 books. The brand new one, Work With Me, The Eight Blind Spots Between Men and Women in Business. John, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks you so much, David. I'm enjoying the show so much, too. Good. I'm, I'm glad you are. Hey, what's the big, what's, for men, John, let's go for men. What's the biggest benefit of men working with women in business? In other words, what do women bring to the table that men could benefit from? That's a great question. You know, this is the, the answer to that question is something called gender intelligence. Uh, gender intelligence is the ability to recognize the value that women bring to the table, the value that men bring to the table, and the corporate world, the work world, uh, was really designed by men for men according to a culture that really promotes the production of testosterone in men. And men have to make 30 times more testosterone. So basically, focus on the job, efficiency, get it done quick, get your reward, go home and have fun. That's the mentality of men. That produces uh, hormones that are promoting masculinity. But hormones of femininity are have a good time while you're at work. And as more women are in the workplace and running companies, you know, companies like Yahoo, for example, uh, not Yahoo, but uh, uh, Zappos. Uh, and Zappos, they have a corporate culture where people have fun and they have a good time. They feel mutually supported. They have flexible hours. They're on teams, cooperation, collaboration, personal fulfillment, flexible hours. These are all qualities that are changing in the workplace 
because of the feminine values coming in, which is personal mm. fulfillment at work, is a real key factor here. Why is it that you wrote this book with your co-author, John? What, what was the purpose? What was the main, if there was one main goal that you had for this book, what would it be? To reach more women in the corporate world. Quite often, it's the women in the corporate world to become successful, they had to become like men. And so right. here I am talking about the values of femininity, and they reject it as well as men. Men reject it because they just don't know better. But these women are actually rejecting themselves. You look at the, uh, CEO of Yahoo, for example, right. she goes to CEO, she suddenly tells women they can't have flexible hours. That was like a 20-year step back. But how did she mm. get to that position by becoming like a man? The more and more we have gender intelligence in the workplace, it creates a better environment for women and men. And as a result, uh, women will feel more confident, want to be more participa- participating, and they will rise to higher levels of executive uh, placement in the workplace. Women feel isolated. I mean, that's what the sense that I get, John, as they're rising through that corporate ladder. Do you feel the same that they feel isolated on the rise? Well, that was one of the one of the big eight areas that we talk about in the new book. Work with me, which is blind spots, eight blind spots, and one of them is are women feeling excluded? And so we asked the question. It was to over 100,000 people in 60 Fortune 500 companies where Barbara Annis and I have taught workshops on gender intelligence. And when you ask that question, 90% of women, that was the biggest blind spot, 90% of women felt excluded, whereas wow. 80 to 90% of men said, why should they feel excluded? I think they should feel included. I welcome them. So that's a blind spot where men think we're giving messages to women that they're part of the team, but women for two reasons. One is men don't realize the effects they have on women, and two, women misinterpret men all the time and end up feeling excluded. Let's let's go to that. How do women misinterpret men? All right, here's one of many, many examples, of course, that we give in the, in the book. And it, you don't want to just focus everything on one, but you've got to start with one example. I'm in a business meeting. I've got my team. I'm the boss. I've got three men. I've got three women. We're having a conversation. And once we get going, the men tend to start dominating, like they're basketball players, you know, grabbing right. an idea and throwing it to the other guy. Maybe one of the other women sort of jumps in there occasionally. And one of the staff members, she, she, she doesn't say anything. And so the men are ignoring that. They don't even see her. And not because they're excluding her, it's just if a man wasn't talking, if, if the other John wasn't talking, nobody's going to stop and say, hey, John, you're not saying anything today, don't you have something right, to say? Right, we, right. We don't want to embarrass him. We assume yeah. that if you're not in there making suggestions and making comments, we assume you have nothing to say. But when a woman's on a team, the, the correct assumption that men don't have would be, that she's waiting for her turn and she's having a difficult time jumping in there. She's de- she's thinking about everything, but she still has a lot to say. Now that's how men don't aren't aware of women. The woman sitting there, she's also thinking these people don't care about me at all. They don't value what I have to contribute. Nobody's even including me in this conversation. And so she's thinking that they're intentionally leaving her out when really they're not. They're just, you know, assuming she has nothing to say. Now, having said that, there's a study that was done at Harvard where they had, you know, the, the summation of it is basically this. If somebody steps on your foot and you, and you think it's an accident, it's no big deal. But if somebody steps on your foot and you feel it was intentional, then you get right. very upset for days. 
And that's mm-hmm. what happens to women. And another difference between men and women, and this is a fun thing in the book, is, you know, last 20 years we've had tremendous breakthroughs in neuroscience and hormonal understanding of how men and women are different. And one of the differences there is that in a woman's brain, they don't have an immediate shutoff uh, uh, gene that will shut off stress. Uh, not that every man is a perfect, perfect at it, but men have a much greater ability to sort of turn off stress, whereas women, once they're stressed, uh, they tend to ruminate, and it tends to go over and over and over for days, and sometimes forever. In in the example that you just gave, John, about a woman in a group who is waiting her turn, is the solution that guys become more understanding and include the woman, and women become more assertive at the same time? Is it like, do both parties have to shift in order to make this work stuff work? Yeah, either party could shift. That's the great thing. All it takes is one person to create a change in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, but what we do is we keep providing the insight because, it, 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 you know, in explaining to men, and it's not even understanding, it's really awareness. A lot of this is, you know, when you say men need to understand, it's kind of like uh, we're not smart enough or something. Mm-hmm. It's really just I point this out to men that, you know, she probably has something to say. Why don't you ask her? And I'm surprised by this again and again. I just practice this stuff. You know, again, it's a blind spot. It's not instinctive to say, hey, Bob, what are you thinking? I assume that Bob doesn't know anything. He's not saying anything. And if he did, he'd say it. So I I have to practice with one of the people on my team. I say, you know, uh, Carol, you've had some experience with this. What do you think? And she'll she'll pause for a moment because now she's going to get into the talking mode because she's been listening and hearing and integrating. And she, she has a lot to say. And it's usually something I would have never thought of, which is tremendous contribution to what we're trying to do. Yes. Yeah. Hey, hey, what about attire with women? John, I for to attire, what women wear, the clothes that they wear. It's, do they need to be aware of of clothes that men will connect with and accept? Does that have any role in helping to bridge this communication verbal nonverbal between men and women in the workplace? Well, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, attire was very different, and women really had to dress like men to a certain extent, very, very stuffy and not personal and not expressive and not personality expression. You know, the way men are is we, generally speaking, now this is changing too, but we are typically, you know, if you, if you look at, uh, what, what's that show, uh, Mad Men, you know, they're all wearing yes. their suit and ties to work. <laughs> they yeah, don't right. do that anymore, and we can thank yeah. women for that. Uh, you know, they get out of this routine of your uniform. You know, but men like uniform. You know, my uniform says, you know, who I am and what I can do. But for women, attire, her dress, has a lot to do with who she is and how she feels and what kind of personality she has. And now that's changing, and women are loosening up and feeling that they, they're finally being respected as something to offer. Their competence is being recognized. They don't have to be so much like men. So women's dress is changing quite a bit as more of an expression of personality and feeling. My guest, John Gray, author, co-author of the brand new book, Work With Me, The Eight Blind Spots Between Men and Women in Business. Right after this break, we're going to be back with John taking calls. If you want to call in, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. You can talk to John directly as we explore helping men and women work together on a more effective level. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. I'm David Essel. TalkDavid.com for more information. Stay right there.
You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel Live, 1-800-548-8255. We've got some text coming in for John Gray, my guest right now. If you want to talk to him in person, 1-800-548-8255. If you want to text us a question for John, it's 941-266-7676. The text is 941-266-7676. John Gray is the co-author of the brand new book, Work With Me, The Eight Blind Spots Between Men and Women in Business. John, the text that just came in from Kathy, interesting, it says... Uh, women and emotions from the menstrual cycle to our expressive tendencies. How do we help men with this? <laughs> well, again, it's really hard for a woman to help a man with this. This is why uh, I wrote this book is to try to explain women to men and men to women. Uh, one of the things I explain there is for women, uh, besides their menstrual cycle, which does increase emotionality for many women, not all women, but for many women, is understand just the way women, whether they're on their period or not, uh, they have a different emotional reaction to stress. What men do under moderate stress, and this is measurable in the brain, is under moderate stress, emotions actually become less. Men detach and mull things over and think about. So there's a problem. Right. I gotta go, okay, what do I do about this? And I start mulling it over and thinking about, okay, what are my options? What can I do about it? Why did it happen? Is this really a big deal? Should I even worry about it? We go through an analysis. It's a basic and analytical reaction on the left brain. Women don't have that immediate reaction. They go through to the right brain and they go to an emotional center and they tend to have an emotional reaction which is eight times greater than the man's emotional reaction under moderate stress. Interesting. That's, that's a huge distinction. And yeah. the way she then copes with stress, it's a whole different hormone that she copes with stress. The hormone is by, being, by thinking about what she's feeling and what she was feeling before and what's causing those feelings. That's the first step for women to lower stress. That exploring of feelings releases a hormone called oxytocin that lowers her stress. For men, when you detach from emotion and you analyze a problem and set a goal, and you were talking some of it much about setting goals, as soon as you set goals, your brain shifts into how am I going to get there and testosterone levels increase. And testosterone is the hormone that lowers stress for women, for men, I mean. So what right. we have is a different reaction. So in training men, what I explain to men, I say when women have emotional reactions to things, they're going to be stronger than what you would have in that situation quite often. And when that's the case, you don't have to try to adjust things and talk her out of it or explain to her why she shouldn't be upset because she's really not that upset. She's just having an emotional reaction. It's still something small. Uh, you know, men have a big emotional reaction if something is big. So it's big. a lion or a tiger or a bear. Amen. And right. when a woman, is she, she, you might be a rat. And she goes, ah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and suddenly... But if you ask her, is that a big problem, she'll say, no, it's not a big problem. And that's what right. men have to realize is much of the time when women have a different emotional reaction from an average male, her emotional reaction is not saying that it's a huge problem, and definitely it's not saying I can't handle the problem. That's the big disconnect between men and women. That's the blind gotcha. spot. Just because gotcha. a woman gets emotional, it doesn't mean she can't handle it or she's not handling it. She just handles it in a different way. Different way. I like that, John, a lot. I like that a lot. Hey, help us with couples. 
men and women together in a, in a couple relationship help them in regards to blind spots and maximizing their potential to work in a business together? Okay. We've got just so you know, John. We've got about four minutes left. Okay, just to be real clear on this, the same answer there is the same answer the woman just asked, which is, "What can she do?" What she can do is basically, you know, ideally, you know, they're trained in this sort of thing. But what she can do is, if she has a little bit of an emotional reaction about something, to pause for a moment and say to the man, "You know, this is really not such a big deal for me. I'm just having a moment of emotional, a flood of emotions, or I'm just having a lot of feelings come up," and kind of laugh yeah. about. You know, just chuckle about it and go, and I'll be through it in a moment. Just relax. You don't have to say anything. So instead of him telling her, relax, don't worry about it, she should say to him, relax, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just having a few emotions. It will pass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, 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 honey, I'm going to get hysterical for a few minutes, but don't let it bother you. <laughs> now, here you are in a personal relationship. Now, personal relationship dynamics are different. And what you have to do is be very clear, particularly if you're working together. Oh, my God, that's such yes. a challenge for many couples. Because what happens is women will combine emotions with problem solving. And they don't go together. It's like oil and water. So she has to be really clear. I call them Venus talks versus Mars talks. Are we, are we sharing feelings here, honey? Or are we actually trying to solve a problem? Let's separate the two. If, you're seen, if a woman seems to be upset, I never focus on solving the problem until she feels heard. Because when women feel heard, then their stress levels go down. Then their brain can easily appreciate your solutions as well as, as, well as come up with better solutions on her part. So she can simply say to her husband, or he can say, but first she could say, when he gets like trying to talk her out of her feelings, she can say, hold on, hold on, I just need to explore these feelings out loud to help sort them out. And then we can focus on solving the problem, but you don't have to say anything. Let me just share what's my position on this or how I'm reacting to this, and then we can get to looking at how to solve the problem. And what a man can do is when she seems to be emotional and getting upset, what are we going to do and how are we going to do this and why did you do that? What you can do is just say, well, let's focus on solving the problem in a few minutes. But first, I want to understand what's going on inside of you. And then just listen and know that women's emotions are really like a wave. They go up, and when she's feeling positive, they crash when they're feeling negative. But when they hit bottom, they come right back up and they're positive. So just let the wave pass. It will drop and it will come right back up. And in, in a final question for you, John, in writing the book, Work With Me, Eight Blind Spots Between Men and Women in Business, any surprises? You know, for me, the surprises were working with my co-author, Barbara Annis, was how amazingly articulate she was, more so than me, of the woman's point of view. Uh, so I had a lot of uh, new awarenesses there, really in the articulation. But the issues I've been dealing with for 30 years, but she was amazing. And she wonder it's wonderful to hear a woman talk about it because she was very high up in the corporate world, and she still is. But she said, you know, I was the third sex. You know, I was a woman who had become a man to be successful, and I realized that I needed to shift back and honor the feminine side of me. Otherwise, I wasn't going to be happy at home in my relationship, and I wasn't going to be as effective and productive. And that's probably one of the biggest questions that I get on a regular basis at my website, MarsVenus.com. I do an ongoing talk every day. People write in, and women are constantly saying, how can I balance the stress of my job with my personal life? And I, I validate that by the new research shows that women in the workplace have stress levels twice as high as men and four times higher as men at home. And so understanding practical things she can do for herself if the workplace isn't ideal to support her yet, there are things she can do for herself to continue lowering those stress levels.
And isn't it true, too, that the, that, that the partner at home can be helping reduce the stress through some of the simple things of taking care, maybe taking a more active role in the child raising or in the house chores? Isn't that true, John, that still holds valid in regards to helping a woman who feels that stress working in both worlds? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. But quite often, women have to learn how to receive support. I don't want to put the whole pressure on men here, because women are terrible at receiving support. They get overwhelmed. The guy says, can I help? She says, no, no, I'll just do it myself. It's easier to do it myself than ask for help. Right, you know, right. There's, there's a change that more education has to happen to both of us. We have to realize this is a phenomenal change that's happened today. And, you know, men weren't used to doing that kind of support in the home, and women certainly weren't used to, you know, spending half their day away from their family and kids doing jobs that work for money as opposed to jobs that are nurturing and supportive. Yeah. I, John, this, you know, John, this is surprising to me. In 22 years of being in talk radio, I can't believe this is the first chance we've had a, a, an opportunity to talk together. I'm so glad yeah. we are, and I just enjoyed your show so much earlier when I was listening as well. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you, John. We're going to do it again. We're going to get you back on. We're going to have a lot of fun. The name of the book, Work With Me, The Eight Blind Spots Between Men and Women in Business. The website, MarsVenus.com, MarsVenus.com. John, have a wonderful night. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. And as usual, all of these shows are available on podcast. So if you missed anything right now or a friend of yours could benefit from this at 10 o'clock tonight Eastern time, go to talkdavid.com. You will be able to listen to these shows right then and there in its entirety. More to come. Coming up next, a lot more information to change your life. Talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay there.